Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how is it going? How was your weekend? It was beautiful outside, so what'd you get up to? Um, I got up to going to my first brewery in like a year, and that mm-hmm. was awesome. Uh, lots of outdoor work. Um, got, mm-hmm. Did some stuff in the garden. Um, strawberries, right in time for the summer. They're beautiful i got i you know finally got they're they're starting to come in um which is awesome because i've been inspired to make a lot of fruity fun cocktails so that's mm-hmm. been good yeah what about you yeah so uh like you um i also got to a brewery for you know the first time in a little over a year for myself um uh, i met you there and your husband we had had a couple of drinks so that was a really good time i kind of sat outside and enjoyed some sunshine um i could tell that i spent more time outside this weekend because my allergies were murdering my face this morning when i woke when i woke up but uh but that's okay it it was worth it to get outside uh did a little bit of gardening too i had to put up some uh deer preventative netting on my garden because they ate the tops of our jalapeno plants which is very sad but i think they'll bounce back it's still early in the year so I have uh, I have faith that we'll get some uh, good jalapenos yeah. out of there. Well, I guarantee the deers came to regret that decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would. They ate down to where the peppers had started growing, and then they, that's where they, they like, that's nope. where they stopped. Yeah, that's so, a nope. That's a hard nope. <laughs> so they they uh, they knew better than that, but yeah. So after all this weekend of gardening and going to a brewery, did you get to watch anything over the weekend, or uh, was most of your time spent out of doors? No, I, I watched a couple of things. So I was able to finish The Serpent, which was really good. It's based on a true story. I'm a true crime fanatic. And so I thought that that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to start season three of The Sinner. Oh, okay. Um, and then there was one movie that I saw and it stars Amanda Seyfried is in it um and it came I think it it was directly from Netflix and it was actually really interesting I thought it was going to be kind of a thriller Mm -hmm. uh esque film it's it looked like a thriller slash horror movie um okay and it was pretty good. It was called Things Heard and Seen. And oh, okay. it kind of ends kind of strange. Um, obviously, I'm not going to spoil it because, of, because you know, I don't want to do that. But it was very interesting. I think Amanda Seyfried's acting was really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's 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 really great. Um, and so I really liked that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. it's got a lot of bugaches but it's not just like a horror film it, it is a thriller like a kind of who, who who you see every day is not really who you think they are kind of mm, situation okay. it's got a mm-hmm. little bit of this kind of um the famous mr ripley what was that unforgettable mr the talent of mr ripley yes the talent of mr ripley it's got a little bit of that kind of feel to it oh, okay. um yeah it's good it's good it's worth some it's worth your time 
But that was okay. the only film I watched. I did a lot of the series stuff because I was in and out of the house. Mm-hmm. Sure. Going into my garden. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, the serpent was good. So I'm glad that you uh, were able to watch that one. I enjoyed that one quite a bit, too. We got into a film. So we watched Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is a new release. Um, it came out. It stars uh, Angelina Jolie. It's kind of uh, like a thriller kind of thing. You know, it's a, like forest uh, fighter, uh, firefighter kind of thing. Um, it it wasn't great. It's not doing particularly well in the the critics' eyes, but it was a new release. It's on HBO Max. So if you have you know some time, you want to watch a movie and you know not have to think about too much, you can throw that one on. It's pretty good. So. Oh, my girl, Angelina. She hadn't done anything in a while, so I'm glad to see that she's doing some work. I know. I was I was interested to see because like you said, yeah, she hasn't hadn't been uh, doing too much, you know, as of as of late. I mean, I guess if you get to, you know, her level, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do. You can you can take extended vacations, you know, things things like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and... interesting. I was wondering how that was because I, I saw that it came out uh, in the theaters mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I think it's an interesting, we've talked about this before earlier in the other podcast, but I think it's interesting when we make a decision or when the distributors make a decision that they're going to do, you know, even a limited release in the theater, but they're also going to stream it um, because mm-hmm. they realize that not everybody is at the comfort level to go sit in a theater and right. um, the theaters are still trying to figure out how they can, uh, get people into their place safely and what kind of protocols they're putting together. And so at least in America, it's, it's still, it's very touch and go as to, you know, are mm-hmm. things going to be open? Are you going to be able to get in? Are they going to be able to have enough tickets? Things like that. So. Right. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting to watch uh, you know, the movie theaters and these streaming services kind of navigate that here over, over the next year or two years kind of as uh, things get going. So sure. Sure. But you know what? So after this, after the weekend of watching movies and going to breweries and things, I, I still am due a good vacation and we got something booked. Uh, we got ourselves an Airbnb on Amity Island, you know, just for just in time for the 4th of July celebrations. But if I'm going to Amity Island, I need to have a good cocktail to make while I'm there. You do. But, uh, you know, they're not going to be closing any beaches there because, you know. It's tourist time. And so only one cocktail comes to mind if you're going to be in Amity Island in the middle of the summer. Yeah, that's right. And I think I know just the one. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about this week's cocktail, Blood in the Water. All right. So for this week, uh, we're making up a recipe and it is called Blood in the Water, uh, which is perfect for this week's film. And it comes to us from a cocktail blog website uh, called mixthatdrink.com. So uh, in the show notes and on our website, we'll have links to mixthatdrink.com to that article about uh, how they do the cocktail. Um, We'll have pictures of our cocktail, the one that we made. And yeah, it's a really fun drink. So it is, it is really fun. It's very apt this time of year. Um, We went all out, right. And put it in a little fish bowl uh, Mm -hmm. to make it look really uh, spooky, uh, and very much like, uh, Amity looks in the water, uh, in the movie Jaws, which is the film that we're featuring in our summer hit movie theme for May. Yeah, that's right. For blockbuster month. So we've got, 
we got a uh, Jaws coming this week. So yeah, I mean, what uh, what do you have for Jaws if not blood in the water? That's certainly what Jaws, the shark, would want to have in the water um, right. as he's going around on his spree. But uh, if listeners at home want to mix one of these up, what are they going to need, Michaela? I, the the, the fishbowl is optional, but uh, definitely pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, and you know, if you're gonna do this for like a party. Um, you can get mm-hmm. the fish bowls on Amazon. They're plastic and they're a lot of fun. They're easy to clean. Um, so I totally recommend it if you're doing like some sort of uh, summer party or something. I mm-hmm. think it, 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 it was really fun. It was worth it. Um, yep. But you're going to need uh, three quarters of an ounce of spiced rum. Uh, we used Captain Morgan because that's what you do. And then mm-hmm. we used uh, also three quarters of an ounce of light rum. We also used Bacardi for that. And then mm-hmm. half an ounce of blue curacao one and a half ounce of sour mix and then some grenadine that you'd put you drop at the top of the drink okay Mm -hmm. um the recipe from mixthatdrink.com says three drops of grenadine they also recommend that you get the cheaper grenadine instead of really high-end grenadine um to kind of give it the effect of blood being in the water Mm -hmm. Because I think the higher end grenadine, it just sinks to the bottom and kind of looks like a pool of blood at the bottom of the fishbowl, which is not what you want, right? Yeah, I think they recommend the cheaper one. And we used a little bit higher end of the sour mix too, which might have made a difference. But I think kind of the cheaper ones, you know, are going to be more sugary and kind of help it stay up on top of the water a little bit and onto the ice. But yeah, I mean, it was really simple. You just uh, put it into a cocktail shaker and shake it up and then kind of dump it out into your cup and then you do the grenadine on top of it so it's really simple um and it would be really simple if you were doing a big party you know or not even a big party if you just wanted to mix up you know a couple of these at a time you could definitely do you know a batch of these um as opposed to making them you know one off and then just you know kind of add the grenadine as you as you go and are going through these so right and this was um really kind of a fun drink. It wasn't my favorite. I'm not a huge blue curacao lover. Um, Mm -hmm. I liked it. It was, it, for having, I don't know, an ounce and a half of rum in it, it didn't, it wasn't as boozy as I probably wanted it to be. Um, I think if you were worried about it being too sweet, you could cut, uh, cut it with more booze. Um, but maybe that's not the goal. I don't know. Um, what did you think about it, Brian? I think you liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was it was okay. It wasn't anything special. Like it just tasted kind of like a like a tropical punch that you might get. It was it was a little sweet from the the sour mix and the grenadine. Um, I thought so. Yeah, I think if I was going to do it again, I would probably like you had just said and probably up the rum just a little bit, um, or maybe you know cut back on the sour mix just a little bit to to maybe get um, that rum flavor a little bit more forward, but. It was pretty good. Like I said, if you're if you're doing a party, it'd be something really fun to to batch up and make a picture of or something like that. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't my favorite, but it was still pretty good. So, you know, check it out, if, especially if you like kind of rum, tropical cocktail uh, kind of things. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely think it was a really fun drink to make. And it's uh, really cool looking. So uh, yeah. it's it's fun to uh, to show off. You get this nice kind of blue. Uh, cocktail yeah for sure all right well if you make one of these up at home let us know take pictures of it because it's pretty fun and you know make sure you tag us on social media and why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk about this week's film jaws 
Spoiler warning for Jaws. If you've not yet seen Jaws, press pause, go fix yourself up a blood in the water, grab a life jacket, come back, and we can chat about it. Yeah, so absolutely. And Jaws was released on June 20th in 1975. So it's been a, been out for a long time. Um, it's on TV a lot. So if you've not seen Jaws, that's very surprising uh, to me. So go uh, get that fixed right away. Um, it was directed uh, by Steven Spielberg, obviously. And it stars Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, now, Jaws uh, did pretty good. It was nominated for four Academy Awards, and it won three of those. So it won for Best Sound, Best Film Editing, and Best Score for John Williams. It lost Best Picture that year, though. So it uh, didn't, didn't quite sweep all of the awards it was nominated for, but uh, three out of four, that's pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and looking back, I mean, some of the... I, I'm a little surprised it didn't win for some of the cinematography um, or wasn't even nominated for that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, definitely best uh, film editing and score. Once again, this is John Williams, right? Uh, I promise that we're, we're not picking just John Williams films. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's really telling that when we're doing the month of smash hits, box office hits, um, the mm-hmm. last three that we've done have been John Williams because he is amazing. And, you know, the the story goes that when this film was created, they didn't have the score put together yet. And so they filmed it. They actually showed it. Uh, Steven Spielberg showed it to his friend, George Lucas, and said, mm-hmm. what do you think? And George Lucas was like, this sucks. This movie is awful. Like, it's not very good at all. I love you, man, but this is not great. <laughs> and then he said, well, wait, let's uh, let's get John to work on it. And so they they had him add his score and then they watched it again and they were like this is tremendous (laughs) so um i will tell you that now i mean the iconic sound right around Mm -hmm. people that have never seen this even my son before he watched jaws um really uh it resonated with him that whole kind of sound Mm -hmm. um so I'm excited. I'm excited to share this uh, and share kind of and go through and do a deep dive because this is one of the classics and uh, definitely deserved uh, at least three, if not all four of the Academy Awards. Who did it lose to in 1975? I was just going to ask you if you knew. So the winner for Best Picture that year was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So uh, I guess that's fair. I guess that that one's pretty good. So Yeah, yeah, that's, oh man, that's tough. Okay, well. (laughs) But you know what I I am surprised? So I'm not surprised really that it lost the Best Picture. Like I said, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So uh, well warranted there. I am kind of surprised when I was going through and looking up the awards that it won and what it was nominated for. I'm surprised that Robert Shaw wasn't nominated for uh, best supporting actor yes absolutely because he does one of the most uh amazing scenes i, I mm. still i i rewatch it all the time i love uh and we'll talk about it but yeah i i totally agree yeah so th- yeah that was the only one that really kind of kind of surprised me i was surprised that um that he hadn't been uh nominated for it because you know he's so excellent in the movie but uh, speaking of the movie, let's get uh, right into it. So you get the uh, title screen and it is uh, getting some underwater footage. Uh, now, what's interesting to note is on the when you get to the end credits, they actually credit the uh, the camera person who did all of the underwater filming. 
because uh, you know especially to see it on the big screen and at the lengths that it was but um yeah so you get kind of some underwater music you get that uh da you get the jaws music going you get jaws come up across the screen and then you know it goes to nighttime there's a bunch of kids there on the beach having a party drinking having a bonfire playing some music and there's a guy there and he's uh looking over at this girl she's kind of sitting off to the side uh but you know they decide that uh, they want to spend a little bit of alone time too and this girl's name is chrissy and she wants to go swim at nighttime on amity island yeah, probably not a good idea. Um, this was definitely a safety moment. Um, probably <laughs> not not a good idea to go swimming in water that you can't see. Just mm-hmm. just just throwing it out there. Um, sure. But yeah, he they're totally like a quintessential nineteen seventies um, young couple, right? They're blonde. He's got this shaggy long hair. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously been drinking. She runs out um, you know, ahead of him in the dunes and she's like, come swim. And she starts throwing off her clothes. And of course he is trying to match her speed and he falls down over, you know, kind of head over feet over these dunes and kind of ends up mm-hmm. sprawled along the beach as the tide is uh, going out. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And she by now is completely taken off all her clothes and is swimming and way out into this bay area of mm-hmm. the um, of the beach of the ocean. Right. Um, yeah. And she's just swimming around and you see these really cool uh, terrifying um, kind of edits and clips of, you know, under her, you see her feet kind of, you know, kicking in the water. You see her kind of, you know, making sure that she's um, staying upright. And then of course mm-hmm. that very iconic music. Um, and then something horrible happens. <laughs> yeah. So, so something horrible happens. Um, this is of, of the victims of Jaws the shark. Um, this one, to, I don't want. I don't want to say best because that sounds sounds weird. But this is definitely the most tension filled one because it's it's night. You can't see anything. She's out there. Uh, she's screaming, and then she goes underwater. It's just completely silent. It's so eerie and so scary and so so creepy. But yeah, she doesn't make it. Luck, luckily for uh, the guy she was with, I guess he was a little bit too drunk and ended up passing out on the on the beach. So he didn't you know make it out into the water. So. Yeah, uh, but, he doesn't even hear her scream, really. She's, like, screaming, and he's totally passed out. And, uh, yeah, you, it's it's very similar, I think, to the opening scene of, of Jurassic Park, almost, right? Because it mm-hmm. gets your adrenaline pumping. You can't really see what's right. there. So if you didn't know that this was a film about a giant shark, you would be like, what is it? Is it the creature of the Black Lagoon? You know, um, what is it? And But she does a great job. She's, like a moment where she's hold, holding onto the buoy and she, you know, her arms are okay. Her head's okay. But you got to know that underneath the surface, she's probably really not okay. And yeah, um, right. yeah, it's, it's great. I love that they made the choice to just pull her under and then keep the silence of mm-hmm. where you hear, I mean, it's not, it's, you hear like the goals and stuff in the background, yeah, you, but it's, you can hear like the breeze off of the ocean, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, you got, it goes from her, you know, loud shrieks to, yeah, to just silence. It's uh, so effective. And, you know, like I said, so like chilling of a moment to start this film off. Uh, but uh, kudos to the guy that she was with. So next morning I uh, can't find her. So he's going to put in a call to the police station and, 
uh, so they have to get their uh, chief of police on the on the case. So we meet uh, Chief Brody, uh, and he's at home, you know, with his family. We meet his wife. He's got a couple little kids, but uh, he gets a call in from the police station uh, and saying, you know, there was a girl lost out at sea, so he needs to get down there. So says, okay, let me uh, head out to the beach, and so he does. He climbs into his uh, really cool car and uh, heads out out there and meets up with this kid yeah and you know it's interesting because he's you can tell i guess he's from new york originally his family's from new york Mm -hmm. he's a fairly new uh chief to amity um this is his first summer they make sure to let him know that it's his first summer and this is a really sleepy neighborhood it's a really sleepy town right when he goes in they you know to his office they're talking to him about hey you know they're you know they're kids a bunch of kids are using their new karate skills to karate the picket fences can you please have a talk with them i mean this is not uh you know what you would you know he's not dealing with murders and and Mm -hmm. you know armed robberies or anything like that it's like a very sleepy sweet kind of town where nothing really happens right and so when he gets the call to go and have a look around um the beach to see if you know maybe she got lost or something uh she went swimming and they're trying to find her clothes or you know the rest of her clothes um you know he's really thinking that this is going to be nothing like she just got tired and decided to go home and ditch him um unfortunately that is not what happens yeah you you get a you get a yell from one of the other, I guess, deputies that's there on the scene, and then you'll see him. He's kind of kneeling away from you know beyond behind this dune, you know, looking away from it. But you get uh, Chief Brody, he's uh, played by Roy Schneider. Um, him and the kid walk over there uh, to see, and you just see uh, an arm uh, with a bunch of really gross-looking crabs crawling all, all over it, right. and that's uh yeah that uh tells uh, Brody what he needs to know what happened right. to this poor girl. So Yeah. And, you know, Brody apparently doesn't really like the ocean. He lives on a, in a beach town and doesn't like the ocean. Um, they talk more about that throughout the film, that even when he's taking the ferry to and from the mainland, um, he stays in the car on the ferry boat. He really doesn't like the ocean. So one would really question why he would have taken this job in the first place, but that's neither here nor there. He is trusting his gut and he is uh, writing up her death. He's talking to the coroner and he is mm-hmm. stating it's a shark attack and so he's automatically thinking about um you know let's we we need to close the beach because there seems to be a shark out there that's killing people mm-hmm. and uh that's real bad <laughs> dead yeah. people are bad yeah it's one of my favorite kind of moments in the film after after he sees chrissy he talks to the coroner he's back at his office and he's just in front of this typewriter and he's typing up the um kind of the incident report and it just kind of zooms in on the line he's on and you just hear the typewriter, you know, snapping the letters up and he's, you know, typing out a shark attack on there. It's just, it's really cool. It looks really cool. Um, the way that the typewriter sounds is really cool. And then, yeah, he asked the other uh, deputy there, where do we keep the beach clothes signs? And they're like, we don't have beach clothes signs. What are you, what are you <laughs> talking about? Do that? Yeah. And so he takes the ferry over, um, and the, the mayor of the town, um, who's, a an amazing character because I hate him. Uh, he is, <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he's like the quintessential person in complete denial um, in all of, you know, like the shark NATO <laughs> kind 
kind of movies. He's he's the one that they all make fun of now, right? But this was right. before any of those kind of films really took place. So he's in complete denial, and he's mm-hmm. sitting there kind of talking to uh, the chief and saying, "Hey, you know, this is your first summer." We're not going to close the beaches. We we don't really know if that's a shark attack. It could have been a it could have been a boat attack or a boat accident. You yeah. know, he's you got really... the he's got the coroner there with him, right. and the and the coroner's like, oh no, I made a I made a mistake. I think yeah, it was just a boat. <laughs> you know, you, you can totally tell that uh, you know he's not buying what he's selling right here. Right. But yeah, mayor doesn't want mayor doesn't want the beach closed for sure. Right. And he's like, you can't close it. You yell shark. We've got a panic on our hands. Come on, it's Fourth of July weekend. It's and um, and so Brody, you know, Chief Brody makes the decision that he, he won't, you know, put up the signs and he won't close the beach. But so he goes to the beach on his own with his family and um, he's kind of sitting there. His wife is wondering if he's OK. You know, he's obviously real tense. He's looking out mm-hmm. in the water a lot. He's not playing with his kids. He's not having a beer. Someone tries to come and talk to him about something going on like they're, you know, someone stepping on their pagonias or something in his lawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he has no uh, care about that. He is just really focused on the water because he knows in his gut that something is wrong. And mm-hmm. um there's a there's a bunch of little kids and people kind of hanging out in the water and um, there's a little boy named Alex who's really cute he's probably about eight mm-hmm. eight or nine years old he's in these little red kind of swim trunks and uh, he's asking his mom if he can stay out just a little bit longer in the water and she says you know okay and she's kind of an older woman she looks like she's actually probably in her late 40s early 50s mm-hmm. um so as a parent i immediately am like oh she it maybe took her a long time to get him and you know to have him or something um and but she she's like okay you know you're about all you're almost all pruny but you can you can take your raft out and so mm-hmm. he takes this big orange raft and he's out and he's further away um out into the bay um and uh you know, that's when the shark shows up again with the creepy music. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the kids out there playing, there's a, there's another younger guy. He's, you know, kind of playing fetch with his dog out in the ocean. There's a bunch of other kids in the water and just the amount of tension that chief Brody is kind of holding through the scene, right. It keeps, you know, going back and forth between, you know, watching the kids play in the ocean and then, you know, kind of zoomed in on, uh, Brody's face, you know, as he's, you know, intently watching the the water. You just know something bad's going to happen, but you don't really know exactly who it's going to be to. And I think then at some point, the kid that's playing fetch with his dog, the dog doesn't come back. Um, and then you'll hear someone, you'll shark and all the kids uh, come running back in. Uh, but then the mom, uh, you mentioned, you know, she's looking for her son and he doesn't come back and you just see kind of this, uh, bloody you know deflated raft that uh he would have been on yeah i remember the first time i saw this uh this scene actually i hadn't seen jaws uh and i think i was in high school i was taking a film class and this this particular um scene is so interesting in terms of cinema for a couple of reasons one of which is this really cool cinemagraphic shot Mm -hmm. okay okay yeah of Brody, you know, and you, you remember the name of what it's actually called, but he's, they're mm-hmm. zooming out and running towards the camera. And so the, the, it, 
you're in focus, but you're, it looks like you're being moved closer, but still being pulled away. It's this really amazing effect. And I don't think it had ever really been done before. Yeah. Um, it's called, it's called something like uh, rack focusing, I think is uh, yes. what it's called. I, yes. I could be, I could be off on that, but I think that's what it's called. You'll see it. If you, if you've never seen Jaws, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you've seen the Lord of the Rings, he uses uh, Peter Jackson does that same effect kind of when, uh, Frodo's uh, putting on the on the ring. It'll kind of do that same sort yeah. of uh, weird focus on him where, yeah, the image is kind of staying still, but it looks like everything behind you is kind of like warping or like moving like in yeah. time or time stands. It's, it's a really cool effect and it, it's really effective here uh, on the beach when it, it kind of does this focus in on uh, Brody's face, you know, when he's you know, trying to get all the kids out of the water. So Yeah, no, and it's really, it's a really tough scene because it's not super gory. Um, that's, I mean, I think this film was rated PG, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me now, but, <laughs> but it's not super bloody or super gory. Um, but you do see like kind of this spray of blood kind of fly out in the ocean. And then of course you just see a bunch of kind of uh, th- this bloody torn raft and the poor mom is just looking for her son. And it's, it's really hard. I, um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it the first time and not, you know, being, you know, I was affected, but now that I'm a parent, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so well done. And mm-hmm. yet again, it's not, you know, we, you know, it's not a slasher film, right? There's tons of blood and guts. It's not like that. It's just really, really, really effective mm-hmm. filmmaking. But now in light of this, the mayor can't really uh, say that there's uh, no sharks here. Uh, so they're going to have a little town assembly, town meeting, uh, city council meeting kind of a thing. And they're, uh, putting up a sign, a uh, $3,000 bounty to the man or men that catch the shark. Uh, and yeah, so they're, they're deciding. Brody says that he's going to close, close the beaches, uh, but the mayor still is pushing back on it. And he's like, well, I, I have to close them at least for one day. So they kind of concede to that. They're like, okay, well, you can, you can uh, close it for a day. And then uh, we get maybe the most epic of uh, introductions of introducing yourself <laughs> into a film uh, during this meeting. Uh, you get the very terrible sounding nails on the chalkboard. Oh, it's the worst. It it's is, the worst. It is the worst. And he must have had some really strong fingernails to make that sound. Um, but it is Quint who uh, everyone loves. So, Yep. And he's he's, he's like this old... A crotchety sea captain looking guy right he looks kind of like a gordon fisherman um you know he's got mm-hmm. the burly beard um he's got a little cap on and uh you know his voice is just amazing it's very gravelly and he's like i'll mm-hmm. you know I'm, i'll catch him for three but you want more I, I can find him for three but if you want me to catch him and kill him it's gonna cost you 10 grand and i don't want anybody yep. else you know coming with me there's too many captains in this town but i i know how to find this fish i, I know how to find him and mm-hmm. um it's really uh uh it, it's a great scene because everyone's like well thanks and the, the mayor's like well we'll take that under advisement sir and they pretty much just kind of you know don't pay him much uh much attention mm-hmm. yeah so yeah that's kind of kind of leaves that they're gonna let brody shut down the the beach for a day uh, we've got Quint there, and he's willing to catch the shark, but it's going to cost the town a lot more than $3,000, so they're not really, really into it. But, uh, you know, some people are into getting this $3,000, so we get kind of, 
it's it's almost kind of a lighthearted scene. It's still very scary, but we're going back to Brody's house and they'd apparently got some sort of little schooner for uh, their son for his birthday or uh, something like that. Uh, so you just have Brody. He's inside the house. He's looking through all of these shark books. And, you know, this is back in 1975. So we didn't know, you know, like a tenth of what we know about sharks now. So he's reading all this stuff and about shark attacks and uh, things like that. And he asks his wife, you know, where their son is. And she's like, oh, he's out on the boat. And Brody's like, what do you mean he's out on the boat? Get him out of the boat right now. And his and his wife's like, he's in the boat. It's fine. You know, sharks don't attack boats. But then she picks up one of the books that he's been flipping through. And there's like an illustration of a shark taking a big bite out of the boat. And she just yells out there. And it's like, Michael, get out of the boat. So uh, <laughs> out of the boat. So that's pretty funny. And then kind of down on their dock then at night under the cover of night, you get a couple of guys. Uh, they're going to do their best to get that uh, $3,000 uh, sort of prize for catching the shark. Uh, they'd apparently stolen uh, one of their wives, you know, holiday roast, you know, getting ready for, for the 4th of July. The The roast is uh, mm. not good for barbecues, but maybe it's good for sharks. So you'll see them tying that up onto the dock and throwing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, it, it's 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 pretty good. Again, there's not a whole lot that really happens, but the tension and the use of the score and the the cinematography is just really great because they they tie this um this roast, I guess, to a to a tire <laughs> that's gonna float out there, and they throw mm-hmm. it out. And um, yeah, unfortunately, um, the the whatever grabs it uh, also grabs the front of the dock and takes it with them. Yeah, they they tied their roast and hook onto like the the post of the dock, so you'll just see the dock just gets like ripped in half. And ripped the, in half. And the one of the uh, the fishermen there falls into the water, and you immediately start thinking that's not good. And then you'll just see the dock that you know Jaws is pulling away. It just kind of circles back around, and you know it's coming in. At, uh, you know towards this guy and you're pretty sure that he's going to uh meet his end but he does manage to uh get back up onto uh the dock there so uh right. a little you know it's it's still very scary and i mean at this point we still haven't seen the shark right. but you'll just but you'll just see this big section of the dock just kind of you know circling back around and you know exactly what's happening under the water even though you can't see it yep and the dock ends uh, the dock ends up getting all the way up to the front uh, to to the beach, right? And he's like, "Oh man, oh, well, maybe we uh, maybe we should keep this to ourselves. Maybe we should, you know, maybe we shouldn't tell anybody what's going on." Um, it's uh, it's interesting because um, the next day, all the fishermen are out in mm-hmm. droves. You know, I, three thousand dollars in nineteen seventy five was a lot of money, and it's yeah. worth noting that it was Alex, the little boy's mother, who put that. Um, who put that bounty out. It was not the city. The city, you know, obviously this mayor is so cheap. He's not going to spend any money if he can't, if he doesn't have to, right? And so all these fishermen are out and, um, you know, there's a couple of different docks um, where they can mm-hmm. kind of put out and they're all backed into each other. They're right next to each other. Um, Chief Brody's there trying to sort some things out and make sure that they're safe. He's telling people they've overloaded their boats and they're telling them, hey, yeah. my uh, business, it, we're fine. It's fine. Yeah. And these boats are tiny. Like these boats are like half the size as Jaws. So <laughs> even, if right, they, right. Even, even if they caught this big shark, I don't know what they would do with it. So Right, right. And so, but the, 
somebody ends up, this gentleman shows up and uh, they think that he's there from another state or another city uh, there to cash in, but he, uh, he wants to meet um, Brody uh, and he is from the oceaneering uh, sharkology area. Or yeah. <laughs> it's a very technical term that's not really he's he's from yeah. like the oceanographic center uh of research yeah. and so brody's yeah, very excited something like that but because, yeah he's a shark a shark expert yeah and so brody's extremely excited because he's he's like look I, I really want you to uh i want you to help us figure out what we've got what we're dealing with here and his name is hooper and he says well the first thing i think we should do is i, I really want to go see you know the the victim and we only have one really victims remains at this point because there's been no sign of Alex, the little boy. And so mm-hmm. he, you know, Hooper goes and I love this scene. Um, it, Hooper's played by Richard Dreyfus. Uh, it's very young uh, R- Richard Dreyfus, but also very mm-hmm. 1975. Right. So there's, you got the big glasses and you got the, the, you know, a beard and he's mm-hmm. got this recording device and he's like, ah, oh, I, uh, I think this could be a squalus. This could be a, whatever whatever and it starts looking um they kind of open the bag the body bag and he gets very excited (laughs) and he's he's like i need some water right now and he's taking these tiny sips of water and Mm -hmm. he's like this was absolutely not a boating accident like he's looking over at the coroner like how stupid could you be sir you know and the coroner is kind of shaking his head and he's like this is a really really big shark and Mm so once again you haven't seen the shark we have no idea what it looks like but you're just terrified of this thing right Mm -hmm. yeah he goes through he looks at the body like you said it's a really great scene because you don't see what's in the body bag you'll just uh you just hear him kind of narrating it into this little microphone thing that he's got you know onto his ear so yeah it's a, a really cool scene but you know outside there's some commotion because they think that uh, they caught the shark. So there's a very large shark strung up on the dock. Uh, someone had, had caught it and every, you know, the whole town's excited. The mayor's there. He's excited. Everyone's excited. Brody is excited because, you know, think that they got this, got this shark, but Hooper is over there. He's looking at it. He's kind of measuring the mouth. And uh, he, he tells Brody, he says, you know, that's, that's a really big shark. That shark could eat a person. Uh, but you know, that, bite size doesn't match up with what I just saw on that body. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's our shark. I don't think that's a shark. <laughs> and, but he it says, you know, the, this particular shark has a really slow digestive system. We could, you know, we need to cut it open and then we can verify, you know, if this was the one, you know, that uh, had these uh, shark attacks and the mayor's like, uh, absolutely not doing that on the dock in front of everyone, uh, which is probably, this is the best decision that the mayor makes because yeah, he, he, he says something to the effect of, if you cut open that shark and that little kid falls out of it, then what? <laughs> right. I mean, he has a point. He does have a point. But what they should have done is said, okay, everybody, we're going to take the shark away and yeah. done it. Everyone, the- everyone clear the dock and we'll do this. And <laughs> Right. Um, but they don't. They're like, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Now, it's interesting because this is actually a pretty big shark. I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably 10 or 15 feet tall, long. Yeah, um, something like that. It's, it's got a mouth radius. It's missing all of its teeth. I do think that that's kind of weird. Uh, maybe mm. they took all the teeth out. I don't know. It doesn't look like there's any teeth in it. Um, but it's it's a pretty big shark. If I saw that shark in the water, I'd probably pee my pants. I probably would. Um, I would be terrified. So... It, it really brings uh, it home that the shark is 
that, that really did this damage is even bigger, which is terrifying. But yeah, so it's probably not the shark. They're not going to be able to verify it right now. Um, but you get, you know, pretty powerful scene. So the little boy's mom comes um, and it looks like she's just come from probably the funeral or something. You know, she's all in black. She has like a veil over her face and she comes up to uh, Brody to Captain Brody and say, you know, she confronts him. She's like, you knew that that girl had died from the shark attack and you didn't close the beaches. And now my son's dead. Why didn't you close the beaches? And she slaps him. Um, and on, on one hand, you see it from, you know, his perspective you know he tried to close the beaches but uh you know he just he kind of agrees with what she says and he's like she's right i should have you know stood my ground and said no we're we're closing these beaches yeah yeah i i remember watching this um for this podcast and anthony my husband watched it with me and he was like it's not his fault and i looked at him and i was like if it was my son i probably would have done more than this woman she really holds it in and she um she she is a great uh, set of lines and she delivers them really well I, mm -hmm. I you feel really really awful um and that's why it's so despicable that nobody else seems to care that she mm -hmm. has lost her son she she is older I mean I'm not sure I mean I'm, you know there's a lot of things that you infer but she's an older woman she's probably never going to be able to have any other kids like that was her life and it is over because he didn't dig in his heels and close the darn beaches. Um, mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it, it's it's a really powerful scene. Uh, of course, you know, Brody goes home and he's having a really rough day. And I, mm -hmm. I you know, just oppose the scene we just saw that was really awful with a scene that's really very sweet and touching his younger son is sitting next to him at the table and kind of copying his every move so when chief brody mm -hmm. has his hands in his head uh you know the little boy does the same thing when he scratches his eye the little boy does the same thing and um he, you know brody looks over and says can i have a kiss um, cause I really need a kiss and little boy is like, it's okay, daddy. And tries to make him feel better. And, um, it's a really beautiful scene. Um, because you can tell Brody's really beating himself up over this choice that he's made, um, that ultimately cost somebody their life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his, his son, you know, is trying to comfort him and her, you know, his wife is also, she's put some chicken on the table, but he's not eating anything. He's just not, he's very despondent. Um, but then Hooper shows up and uh, he's he's very hungry. He's brought two bottles of wine, uh, a red and a white, because he didn't know what they wanted to drink. And uh, and he just asks. I mean, he really is very um, forthright. And he just says, hey, you're not eating that. Uh, can I eat that? <laughs> so mm -hmm. he starts feeding himself and um, they're starting to talk about uh, what what they're going to do next. Yeah, they're talking, you know, about the the shark you know the shark attacks you know what the what the plan is going forward and you have uh brody there and they open i think it's the red wine uh pretty sure and you know his wife has a little glass and uh hooper has a little glass and brody just pours them it's in like a pint glass he just pours himself you know like 16 ounces of this uh red wine and starts starts to drink it but um so maybe that was the liquid courage he needed to kind of defy the the mayor's wishes but they say we need to go cut that shark open. And yeah. so that's what they, that's what they do. That's what they do. And um, so they go, they open it up 
And it's, uh, again, a really great scene. Not a lot of blood and guts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of hidden from view what, what they're actually doing, but they make it look like, like it's difficult to do um, because this is a really big shark and opening up its digestive tract with like a butter knife is probably pretty difficult to do. So Yeah, it's, it's really neat the way they shoot it because the camera is kind of behind the shark, like from mm-hmm. behind the back of the shark, and you'll just see Hooper is kind of bent down in front of it, and and you can tell just from the way that he's moving that he's you know cutting into this shark, and when he does, you just see all of this. Uh, it's kind of like this white foamy, uh, gross looking stuff just spill out all over all over right. the dock, and then he just starts you know pulling stuff out of it. So there's like right. a like a boot, of course, and like a license plate, and you know a bunch of these you know big fish that this this thing had eaten, but uh, you know like he'd he'd said this wasn't our shark so none yeah. of the shark bite victims not in there so yeah there's no um there's no no body parts just fish and a louisiana license plate and so he's like i was right this came up on the gulf stream like this, mm-hmm. this shark was not here you know it's, it's not big enough and um so yeah so this is not our shark so our shark is still out there so they have a really terrible idea uh, it's in the it's in the middle of the night, and they're going to take the boat out and uh, have a look around and see if they can find the shark. Well, you don't really see the shark on top of the water, uh, so Hooper decides he's going to grab a snorkel and uh, you know go down into the water to look for this thing, which is just the worst idea that anyone yeah. could ever have. So it, it's it's not smart. He's got like a PhD in sharkology. You would think that he would know this. But yeah. they do come upon a boat and they're like, oh, we should check the boat um, because it's it's sinking and they couldn't find one. They couldn't find the captain on the boat. Now, it doesn't take a bunch of brains to figure out what could have ha- what happened, what is exactly what happened on the to the captain on the boat. But Hooper decides to go into uh, and scuba dive into the the kind of broken hole of the boat anyway. And so he does that. And uh, of course, there's a really spooky scene where he sees a decapitated captain uh, missing like an eyeball. Um, and the again, the score is really amazing. But he he got a hold of this ginormous looking shark tooth. Um, he calls it a shot glass size shark tooth. So think about your shot glass. <laughs> it's really big. That's uh, that's huge. And mm-hmm. so Hooper's very excited. He gets out of the water real smart. Um, and they try to go the next morning and talk some sense into the mayor. And this, this scene is uh, it's, it's great. It's one of Hooper's finest moments, I think, because the mm-hmm. mayor is more interested in telling Brody that he needs to uh, stop the vandalism that is going on because somebody has painted a shark eating a tourist on their welcome to Amity sign. And he's mm-hmm. more upset about that than he is about the fact that now the shark has claimed yet another life <laughs> right. in the city of Amity or the town of Amity. And so um, Hooper makes this really great speech and he says, look, this is a very, very like developed machine of you know evolution. Okay, all of all this shark does is eat and swim and makes little sharks. That's it. Okay, if we don't either cut off its food supply by closing the beach and mm-hmm. have it go somewhere else, or we don't kill it, we are going to have a a ginormous. Um, bloodletting on our hands and 
the mayor just isn't having it. He's like, you just don't understand. I, I think he says, I just don't think you really understand what our problems are. <laughs> like, we just can't afford to do that right now. And um, it's infuriating. Um, but, yeah. and then Hooper just kind of laughs at him and says, you know what? I, I'm just not going to fight with this person anymore. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to wash my hands of this situation. No talking any sense into this guy. Um, yeah, I'm done. I'm done here with you and the shark in this town. And yeah, they, you know, the mayor makes the decision not to close the beaches and they don't close the beaches. Uh, so what happens? The beaches are packed full of people and you'll just see I, they've got some more uh, kind of lifeguards and deputies and stuff. They're, you know, trying to kind of spot for these sharks, I guess, that are, you know, potentially out there because you just have you know hundreds of people out in the ocean swimming now uh brody's son wants to go out on his he wants to take his boat out into the water and brody's like uh can you can you go over i think he calls it like the pond i think it's like the water inlet so in high tide it kind of fills up this little reservoir kind of a thing so he asks him you you can go on your boat but you know do it in this kind of reservoir area thing over there so he does and the swimmers are there having a good time but uh yeah it's it's all going to start going real bad because you see a shark fin pop up in the water yeah and it's a big shark fin and people start screaming um they're like hurry up get out of the water they start uh you know the the people that are staring and looking in the towers they start blowing their whistles of course brody's worried about you know why stop blowing the whistles everybody's starting to freak out and people are running people get completely trampled older people are being pulled out um it's just a really everything that could go bad is going bad and then of course um they realize that it's just two kids that are playing with this uh kind of makeshift fake shark fin um Mm -hmm. it's really awful and you know kids are just trying to be kids but it's as completely terrified this entire um group of i mean there's like hundreds of people on this beach and and then of course there's a girl who's looking in the estuary which is that you know the the kind of pond area and she sees the actual shark and it is enormous the fin of this shark is i don't know it's like two stories tall it's really really big and it's terrifying and so she starts screaming and so of course agent uh, agent brody chief brody realizes that he just sent his son over there and there's a couple of other people that have boats and that are just kind of kayaking or whatever and they see this ginormous shark coming at them mm-hmm. and it's uh it's pretty awful so one of the older men of one of the adults who's riding in his boat um he gets the boat gets completely eaten by this shark and um you have a great view of actually the size of the shark finally mm-hmm. um you again don't see it come out of the water but you see that it's really big because it devours this boat and the poor guy who's in it yeah it's really cool you get the so this is the first time we actually see the shark so we see we see the shark's fin and we hadn't seen jaws up until this point but yeah you get it's kind of an aerial shot of uh jaws and you'll just see him you'll just see the shark underwater um underneath the boat so it's not it's not even like up close on him it's like i said it's just kind of this aerial shot and it looks really cool and you like you said you see exactly how big it is um, yeah it's as big as the boat it's in reference to the boat yeah yeah and um poor michael so michael is his um brody's older son i believe 
And uh, he is terrified because his boat kind of tips over and he ends up being in the water himself. And Mm -hmm. he sees this man, uh, probably, I don't know, 10 yards away, um, get eaten by this shark. And so he goes into shock. They end up dragging him into the into the beach and he's okay except he is uh really terrified and his body's gone cold and so they Mm -hmm. take him to the hospital to make sure that he's okay and brody and brody's wife she's not that mad i don't understand that um but (laughs) she's she's like i guess we should just go home it'll be fine um but there's finally, I mean, it only takes like, you know, 85 people to be terrified and th- right. you know, another person to die for the mayor to finally get on board. Right. Mm-hmm. And this scene happens where the mayor shows up to to Agent Brody's uh, kind of room in the hospital. And he says, you know, I, I was uh, he's kind of talking to himself and he's lighting a cigarette and he's just kind of mumbling and it's infuriating. It makes me so mad every time I see it. Um, because he's like, I was, I was acting in the best interest of, of the city and, and Brody's like, well, okay, so now you're actually going to do that. And we're going to close the beaches and we're going to hire this guy Quint to kill the shark, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. finally going to do what you should have done a week ago. And the mayor looks at Brody and he's, he says, well, you know, my kids were on that beach too. And you, you really are so, I don't know, it's well done, but yeah. you're still so, I, I don't know, I was still so mad. <laughs> He's very swarmy about it, right? Is, yeah. is that the right word? But Yeah, it's yeah, like, it, well, thank, your, your kids were on the beach the first day, you boo-boo head. Like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> you, what, now you're all concerned? Like, I mean, it's just, but then he's also really beating himself up over the fact that yeah i mean it took these this many these many things to happen and Mm -hmm. i think what really did it is not even the loss of life because chief brody has to say look you are the mayor of like shark city now so congratulations Mm -hmm. what are we going to do about it you know it's only at that point that he really says okay well let's let's go ahead and and get this uh get this taken care of but yeah so they're finally going to going to hire quint you know yeah commission his uh fishing charter i guess out to go and catch the shark uh but now quint has some more demands he also wants a case of apricot brandy and who doesn't want a case of apricot brandy so i mean that sounds delicious uh, so yeah so that's good so but yeah they're getting ready to go out so you got uh you got quint he's the captain of the ship but uh brody is going to go right i guess the town's you know, paying this $10,000 or whatever for him to go catch the shark. So Brody's going to go, even though uh, he's not that big of a fan of being on the boat, he's going to go and uh, Hooper's going to go. So now you have uh, all three of the characters there. They're out on this boat and they are getting ready to go out on the hunt. So uh, you get a bunch of really kind of cool scenes of them. You know, Brody's like throwing some chum out into the water and this is when we get our first actual good look of Jaws because as he's, you know, throwing the chum out into the water, uh, he kind of turns his back on where he's throwing the chum and uh, surprise Jaws pops out <laughs> right there. And, uh, you know, you know, just, uh, you know, just a couple of feet away. And this, this is the first time we actually get to like an up close and uh, personal look at this giant shark. Yep. And Brody kind of stops what he's doing. He, kind of stumbles into the to the captain's area and he says we're going to need a bigger boat um because it is enormous it is it's probably as long as the boat the boat that they're taking out is called the orca um Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool orcas just for anybody's reference they actually 
are killer whales and they um they eat great whites so it makes sense that they're calling it the orca um mm-hmm. and uh it's 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 really interesting because brody again he hates water he's uh hates being on a boat he's never been on a boat hooper uh He's he's an oceanographic PhD in sharkology or whatever, so he's he's very um, seaworthy. And of course, Quint is is the captain, so they know what to do and they know what lines to pull and how to make the knots. And Brody's just you know they they're giving him the job of chumming the line, and so mm-hmm. um, they, they're 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 trying to include him and stuff, but he's 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 really hating this life right and then he sees this ginormous shark it is the coolest scene too because the shark doesn't make any noise you know sharks don't have like a growl or a call or anything it's just Mm -hmm. this all you see are teeth and scary eyeballs and it's it's pretty good it's a it's a really good first scene and it's interesting because there's only like 25 more minutes or 20 more minutes in the movie um but -hmm. you've been hunting you've been you've been anticipating this visual for so long and when you finally get it it's very satisfying it scares you to death it's great Mm -hmm. yeah yeah spielberg does an excellent job of building up all of this tension to the moment of this final reveal um which makes it you know that much more effective and if you you know, see anything about the film, you'll immediately read about how much of a pain uh, it was to film and how much trouble they had with the getting the shark to work and look right because uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to film it like actually out on the ocean and not on, you know, some sort of like sound water tank kind of thing because he wanted the realism. They had all this problem. So there's always a bunch of talk and a bunch of credit about how they finally got this shark to work. But what I think is really neat watching it and I don't know if I'd really ever paid attention to it until I just had rewatched. But in this particular scene, when Brody is chumming the water, uh, Jaws ends up, you know, taking taking the bait and grabs a hold of this line. uh, And he just starts dragging this boat around. And I don't have any idea how they got the boat to move like that in the water. Um, It's just kind of it just is like spinning around. It's zigging and zagging. Uh, It's it's really cool. But uh, he starts, you know, he grabs the line and starts dragging the boat across. So. Um, Quint's like, oh, we need to, we need to get this thing, uh, harpooned right now. So they're, so they're going to hook up some, uh, these big barrels, these big yellow barrels. Um, they get the harpoon and, uh, Quint, you know, takes a shot and, you know, hits jaws and, you know, it starts pulling out all of these barrels. I, I'm not a shark fisher person, but I think the idea here is that you kind of get them harpooned, dragging these barrels and eventually it just runs out of energy and then you can- yes you kind of collect your collect your bounty but you know it's just dragging these barrels and it's not showing any signs of stopping so the crew of the orca is going to need to spend the night on the boat uh you know tracking down uh where jaws is going right well the good thing about the the barrels too is that it it it's much better indicator than this fin because even though this fin is like three feet tall, it's still a fin in the middle of an ocean. So if it's nighttime or it's, you know, he's far off as if the barrels come up, they know that the shark is somewhere near. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a two for one. Um, So they get two, I think in him um, in, into jaws before he kind of disappears and they decide they're going to stay the night. And, um, so they they all start drinking, which I don't know again if I would be doing that in this precarious situation <laughs> that we're in. But whatever, I mean, it makes for good movie. It's fine. But they start talking. Um, Hooper and Quint start talking about uh, you know trading stories and 
trading, um, comparing scars. And then um, Brody notices that Quint has this weird kind of uh, mark on his forearm um, or on his bicep, on his bicep. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quint mentions that it's, it was actually a tattoo that he got removed and it was uh it was a tattoo of the uss indianapolis and that's when things uh kind of get very somber and quint tells this story of the fact that you know he was once on this submarine and he delivered uh the hiroshima bomb and they were on their way back as soldiers when um i'm sorry it wasn't a submarine but they were hit by a submarine and the whole USS the whole of you at the USS Indianapolis went down in like 12 minutes and they were all in these lifeboats and um, kind of huddled together in the water and there were a lot of shark attacks and mm-hmm. um, he said something like 900 900 men go, went into the water and only 300 people were saved and mm-hmm. he'll never put a life jacket on again um, this story that he tells is actually a very true story um, and he does it so brilliantly. It's my favorite scene of the whole film because you really understand more about why he hates sharks so much and why he has this very healthy fear of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about, you know, their, uh, the people that he knew on the boat and, you know, they would, would try to kind of band together and like kick and scream and make a lot of noise and scare the sharks. But there was no scaring the sharks because, mm-hmm. They're just killing machines. They're not scared. Um, and so uh, it was a really great scene. Um, and, and again, to your point earlier, uh, probably why he should have gotten some sort of nomination. And I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that he didn't. Yeah, he yeah, he's kind of describing this attack. Um, kind of this whole scene of them spending the night on the boat is just really great. But yeah, and then he has kind of the the famous uh, line that he delivers with his very thick, you know, New England accent, uh, kind of gravelly voice, you know, kind of half half slurred because they've been drinking the sabricot brandy all night. Um, but he says, you know, the shark's head, uh, lifeless eyes, black eyes, like doll's eyes. It's, it's very haunting the way he delivers it. And it's such a somber moment. Uh, but yeah, that moment is kind of cut short because uh, Jaws has returned to yeah. to the boat and you know he, he's tired of swimming around with these barrels uh you know sunk into him so uh it, he's going to uh start attacking the boat and that's not good for the crew because uh jaws is uh uh going to win against this boat every time so yeah yeah so they uh they they end up putting a hole in the boat um not quite a hole like a big hole it's it, he, but he starts to puncture uh, the integrity of it. And so they're, they're having to pump things out, water out of it. Um, they're trying to continue to harpoon it, uh, but it's not, it's not going well. Um, so Hooper, you know, he's like, oh, I know what we need to do. I'm going to, uh, you know, he had paid for a lot of this equipment himself. He made sure that, that somebody knew that he did that. And so he's like, mm-hmm. I, I brought this really handy dandy shark cage. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go down there and we'll harpoon it while we're in the water. Um, Cause that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I just want to say that this, this 
film, it, it made it really difficult for me to, to really think that I'd ever want to go into like a shark tank. Um, yeah. I know that people do that now all the time, but th- mm-hmm. this, this, this almost ruined it for me because this, yeah. this cage, by like, it, it looks like it's plastic that's been spray painted with metal. I mean, cause right. the, the jaws totally like, like just touches it and it crumples. It is not a very strong cage. It doesn't look like it's a very strong cage. So if you're going to go and do cage diving with sharks, you know, I hope it's a better cage than this one because I just think this was like at the forefront or something before they got like really good cages. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If if your cage looks like Hooper's cage, do not get in it. Um, And if if it looks like Hooper's cage after he gets into it, then it's not going to look like much of a cage at all because this thing gets uh, completely busted up. We actually, I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Hooper meets the uh, end of end of his story uh, down in this cage because, you know, the cage just gets so crushed up and mangled and, you know, Jaws is still attacking the boat. The boat's starting to go down. Uh, you know, everyone's, you know, Quint and Brody are there hanging on for dear life. Uh, you know, Quint's not able to as this thing's going down. He starts sliding down and, you know, eventually finds his way into Jaws, Jaws's Jaws, uh, into his into his mouth. So he meets uh, uh, his fate there at the hand of this big shark, uh, which leaves only Brody still uh, aboard the now sinking orca. Yeah, and it's really sad, actually, because Quinn's death is is actually, that's probably the bloodiest scene that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's the only awful. one that we, ac- it's the only one that we actually see. And he ends up, you know, he's kind of, you know, waist deep in the mouth of the shark. So, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's not a good, it's not a good moment, but uh, again, it ends with this really quiet, like he just kind of drags him into the water after he's he's pretty much killed him, right? So he drags mm-hmm. him into the water and finishes eating him, and you don't hear anymore. And um, so Brody, you know, he 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 had had a run in with um, with the oxygen tanks uh, before. Um, one of them almost fell, and they, you know, Hooper made sure to let him know that. Uh, you know, this, this is compressed gas. And if you, if you, if it breaks, it's going to explode. So he ends up figuring out a way to get, uh, to get the shark to go ahead and uh, put it in its mouth somehow. And yeah. uh, while it's, it's in, you know, in, in the meantime, this boat is completely sinking. I mean, <laughs> he's probably standing on <laughs> the, this last bit of, um, yeah, he's uh, he's on like the uh, bow of the boat because right. that's, uh, that's that's about all called. is all is left. But yeah, Jaws has you know taken a bite out of this compressed air tank, and you just see Brody. He just you know looks like he's at the end of his rope because that's exactly where he is, and he's got uh, it's like a little rifle or something. Um, but when Jaws pops back up, he uh, sees that uh, air canister in his mouth, it tells him to smile and shoots it and you just get the uh, big explosion out in the uh, middle of the ocean right. which is good right. it is really good and I wonder how they did that part um, because you see the explosion and then you see this enormous amount of blood and the, the mm-hmm. basically the fir- the front half of the shark is just gone and it's kind of going down <laughs> into the dark depths of water and you know um, 
I don't know about you, but when I saw this, I was like, great, now more sharks are going to come and I'm yeah. definitely going to be dead, right? <laughs> so, oh, um, oh, oh, yeah, because you don't know, like, he's killed the shark, which is which is good, I guess. Um, but you're like, uh, they're out in the middle of the ocean and your boat is uh, basically sank. What are, what are you going to do now? But uh, luckily, I guess they're not that far from the shore uh even though when they're filming all this you you don't ever get to see the shore but um but you know luckily not too far away and also luckily uh hooper didn't die he uh comes back up to the surface so right right (laughs) he missed he missed all the excitement but uh yeah yeah there's a moment where he's like hey quint is he and Brody's like, nah, man, nah, yeah. no. And so they uh, they decide to wrap the barrels up because the barrels are still around. And mm-hmm. um, and then they, they just kind of paddle on in uh, to shore. And it's interesting because, um, you know, fi- Roy Schneider's character, Brody, is like, you know, I hate the water. <laughs> I hate <laughs> yep. this. Um, and so, you know, they kind of, you can actually see them. There's a sh- shot of them actually coming and bringing themselves in as kind of a raft makeshift raft and uh and that's when the credits roll and um and that's the end of jaws until the next time until until there are more jaws that's right so jaws spurned about ten thousand sequels okay well not really ten thousand sequels but uh it did spurn a couple of sequels uh roy scheider was back in the uh for the next one jaws 2 uh don't don't watch that uh, or you could watch, you know, Jaws 3D. Don't watch that either. Uh, or you could watch Jaws the Revenge. Still, you know, don't watch that. Apparently there was one called Cruel Jaws. I don't know if that's our same Jaws or not, but uh, that came out in 1995. I'm going to go out on a limb and say also don't watch that. Um, so just so just watch just watch Jaws, Jaws number one. Just, just yeah. watch that one um, and you'll be good to go. Uh, Michaela, tell me about, uh, your your lifetime experiences with Jaws. Now, this came out, you know, before before we were around to be moviegoers. So yes. uh, we would have had to pick this one up later. So, you know, tell me about it. Does this something that you watched growing up or? It was not. I mean, I think this was probably a good parenting decision on my parents' behalf. Um, mm, okay. uh, I, I probably was a little too sensitive to see this as a kid. Um, so I didn't really see it until I studied film in high school. And so okay. I remember lear- doing a couple of the scenes um, and learning about the couple of the scenes. And then I was like, I really need to watch this for myself. So I was probably about 15 when I saw this the first time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I- I'll tell you, you know, some of my friends who were actually alive when this film came out, um, they saw this film. My, my, one of my, one of my oldest friends, he was 14 or 15 when the film came to the theater and his aunt, not knowing any better said, Hey, you know, are you allowed to watch scary movies or a rated R movie, even though this is PG? And he said, yes, because his mother had let him see like 10. So he got to see like Bo Derek's boobs. And so he thought that that was fine. And the aunt didn't question anything. Anyway, she mm-hmm. let him go and watch Jaws because Jaws was only PG and he was so terrified. He wouldn't even go swimming for like two years. Oh, um, yeah. So this film really had a, a, a huge impact on people and their, 
you know, whether or not they would go swimming in um, the ocean. Uh, mm-hmm. Shark Week became a thing in the late 90s, probably because of Jaws. It's interesting mm-hmm. now because, like you said, we know so much more about sharks and we know so much more about how this is really just a, a story um, that, you know, most attacks that do happen are in very different circumstances. Right. Um, and so it, it's really interesting now, um, even trying to explain it to my own kid, right, that this is not real and there's so many reasons why this couldn't happen. And um, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And I, I love watching it in the summer. Um, it's And definitely just avoid all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avoid all the other ones. Um, now, it's uh, you'd mentioned Shark Week. Now, I've actually seen on Shark Week, and I know a lot of those shows tend to be repeated over and over mm-hmm. again, kind of year in, year out. But that that's how I actually kind of learned about the, uh, you know, what he's talking about there, the uh, USS, um, the USS Indi- yeah, the USS Indianapolis. There was a documentary about that, so I kind of know you know a little bit more about that story. So um, if you're a, you know during Shark Week, check that out. I'd you know recommend looking into that and you know some of the other shark shows. But um, I actually do remember seeing this growing up. Uh, you know when I would have would have been younger than you, uh, Jaws was always a movie that was on TV, like in the summers. Like it was. A, you know, you'd see Jaws a lot of time would show up on like the Sunday, like matinee, like movie time. So I'd watched it several times growing up. And, you know, now recently everyone's, you know, doing, you know, streaming uh, movies and stuff. So you get to kind of choose whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. But up until that was kind of the case, anytime Jaws was on TV, I would watch it. Um, It wouldn't really matter what else was on or what else I was intending to watch. If Jaws was on, I was going to watch it. So I've seen uh, Jaws a lot of time. It's, it's one of my favorite films. And it's very much kind of the quintessential uh, summer blockbuster movie. It was kind of the first summer blockbuster um, in a lot of ways. So this came out, you know, in, in June. So, you know, right in the heart of the summer. And uh, it did pretty well. So uh, it ended up making about $470 million, uh, which at the time made it the largest grossing film of all time until uh, Star Wars, uh, New Hope came out and you know dethroned that, but yeah. So this mm-hmm. was the highest grossing film of all time. Um, you know, we we've said it a couple of times. The acting from the three main cast there. Um, you know, even even the mayor and Brody's wife and uh, the other mother and stuff. All of the acting is really great. Um, the directing is great. I love uh, kind of how Steven Spielberg will do these big epic films, but still have these really like nuanced character moments like we see them having you know on the boat having that you know kind of drunken conversation it's very you know somber um and character building and yeah it's it's just a really really great movie it it holds up really well too i think i mean i mean obviously you know it's what 40 46 years old now at this point Mm -hmm. so um you know so it has some age on it but yeah it's it's great so uh, yeah, make sure you uh, are letting us know uh, what you think about Jaws. Um, if you grew up watching it, if it made you afraid to get in the ocean, like it did a lot of people. Um, if you watch Jaws, you know, every year, or if you're new to Jaws, let us know. Um, if you make yourself a blood in the water, let us know that too, because we want to see pictures of it, because it's a really cool looking drink. And you can do that. You can tag us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at Drink the Movies. 
um, and on facebook.com slash drink the movies. Uh, you can find the recipe, episode recaps, uh, pictures of our drinks, all that good stuff on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And Michaela, why don't you tell people where they can rate and review our podcast? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get Drink the Movies out there. All right. Well, I need to go pack for my 4th of July vacation to Amity Island. Um, I don't know if I'll be making uh, Blood in the Water. That could be tempting fate too much. But I could probably have another one before I leave. So what do you say? Let's go mix another one up. I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, we're going to go do that, and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, the movies. movies. Stay out of the water. <laughs>